Alrighty, let's get into the word and uh, we'll get started in a new series uh, we're calling Making Change. People don't like change. I don't know about you. I don't, I'm a person who lives with the fact that change will happen. Whether I like it or not, whether I invite it or not, change will happen. You know, but most of us don't like change. But there are some things that I think we need to change. And I wanted to do this series around this time of year as we give thanks, but also as we prepare for the holidays. Because I think it will keep us, uh, it will keep us with the healthy perspectives. One of my challenges, among many others, all right, is finances. Anybody have trouble with finances? How many have millions of dollars in their account right now? You know, you're like, Jesus, I thank you for my money. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> right? And I, don't, don't get me wrong. I've become better. I've become better at it. But in the past, I used to worry a lot about finances. And it used to stress me sometimes. You know, because money is emotional. Can we just say that money is emotional? Okay? Most of us don't think it is. If you don't think money is emotional, wait until somebody asks you, for money when you know you're at, you, you really need that money yourself, you know? And then all these emotions starts coming up, you know? Oh, I wish this. Oh, why couldn't you do this? Oh, that. Da, 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 da. Well, that's what I mean by money is emotional, okay? And in church world, people don't like talking about money for that very reason. It is emotional, right? But I like to say most of the stress about money is self-imposed, okay? We have some self-imposed stress, around money. Basically, we've made some bad decisions. Or we made good decisions and, you know, we think, I'm going to get out of this, uh, so let me just put this thing on a credit card and I'm going to pay it off in a couple of months and then life happens. A couple of months turns into six months, six months turns into a year, and all of a sudden now you're living with self-imposed stress because of a decision that you made. All right? And I'm learning, I don't know about you, maybe you've arrived, but I've not, but I'm learning to surrender my money to Jesus. Because like Brian said, God is the God of a kettle on a thousand hills. The money belongs to him in the first place anyway, but I really get stingy about the 90% that I remain with. I'm like, this is my money, this is my stuff, right? <laughs> and I get emotional about it. But in this, stress, so we, in this uh, series, we're going to talk about uh, less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. Tomorrow matters. All right? This is not just about, you should give more money to the church. No. This is about, hey, listen, how can we create some margin in our lives so that we can reduce the stress around finances? Okay? A couple of months ago, my wife and I, uh, she lost her car. Her car went kaput. We were only remaining with a couple of payments, and man, I was mad. I was mad at the car. I was mad. In fact, when we were sitting to go in the dealership, we were like mad for half hour. And the guy who was trying to sell us the car is trying to be this nice car salesman, right? Oh, how's the weather today? I'm like, who cares? You know, I went fishing, and I fell. I'm like, who cares? Oh, did you break something? So, you know, so this was our attitude. And 30 minutes into this thing, I just said, God, I, I know that you're in control. You know, I think I just just step off and let you deal with this thing. And we ended up having the most amazing car buying experience we've had ever, right? But that took us changing perspective in the moment. 
But one of the things that also helped us out was that we had created a little mar margin in our lives. It wasn't, a little, it wasn't a lot of money that we had saved up, but it allowed us to put something down for the car. And I began to think to myself, what if we didn't have this? What kind of pickle would we be in right now? All right? And so most of the stuff that I will say really is helping us create margin in our lives. Okay? You ready? Okay. But this whole concept of more is better actually started in the Garden of Eden. When the devil came to Adam and Eve, all right, the first thing he said to them is, listen, God is hiding something from you. Okay? God knows that when you eat from this tree, you are going to be as wise as he is. Basically, he was telling them, you got to get more. All right? So that was the start. And we, we get ourselves into, hey, listen, if I just get more of this, I'll be fine. If I just get more, even more money, I'll be fine. I won't have stress. You know, I'll be able to do whatever I need. And so to get money, you're going to stress that back, right? And so you're just going to go all out, burn yourself in order to get the more. That is the lie that the enemy has told, told from the very, very beginning. But I want to say to you today, less is more. And I want to ask you this question. If you had three months to live, if you only had three months to live, what three things would matter most to you? You got three months. The doctor has told you you're going to die. Ain't no two ways about it. You're going to die. What are the three things that would matter the most to you? Think about it. When you think about it, write it down if you want. All right? But they ask the same question to people on social media. They ask them, if you had three months to live, what three things would matter most to you? And people say things like, God, relationships, my kids, my family. Guess the one thing that did not appear on that list? Money. Because when you're faced with death, money becomes minute. You want to surround yourself with the things that matter most. You want your kids to be there. You want your family to be there. You want to make sure that the relationships that you've had with people, if you've held something against somebody, you want to go to them and just say, I'm so sorry, I messed up, can we start over? I don't have a lot of time to live. In the grand scheme of things, when push comes to shove, money becomes like a speck of dust. Amen. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, this morning you received a bulletin, and it says this. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 6, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. One handful with quietness, meaning you have peace. You don't have much. It is not two handfuls, but you have peace. Quietness. Instead of having something or money in abundance, but you have no time for family, you have no time for play, you have no time for church, you have no time for life, period. You're chasing after the wind. And how many know you can't catch the wind? Right? You really can't catch the wind. John D. Rockefeller was asked, billionaire at the time, how much money is enough? He said, one more dollar. 
In other words, I'll be chasing this money, chasing paper until I die. Chasing after the wind. Jesus, our Savior, said this in Luke 12, verse 13. He says, then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell me or tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, friend, you made me a judge over you to decide. Who made you a judge over you to decide things such as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much. You own. It is not measured by how much you own. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I will have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I will sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you have worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. When push comes to shove, money in the grand scheme of things, is small. What matters is your relationship with God. And Jesus said, life cannot be measured by how much you own. But think about it. How do we measure wealth? How do we measure success today? Well, I went down and that brother done got a new truck. He got a, he got a Ford, what was that, a 350 now? The big thing. He got that, man. You should see them pipes on that thing. And when he steps on it, oh, my God, it's a tricked-out truck. Right? I, had, I, have, I have a friend of mine. He's a corrections officer. And he sits down with me having lunch. And he's talking about this business opportunity that he has. And he says, do you know how much money I can make off my fellow corrections officers? I'm like, no. He says, Campbell... I'm telling you, when, we, when I say we buy stuff we don't need, I'm telling you that. People don't even know how to swim, but they got speedboats. I'm like, really? <laughs> so, and he goes on and he tells me all these things that they do, right? And he says to me, we waste a lot of money. We work hard, but we waste a lot of money. And Jesus is saying, you cannot measure life by how much you own, Okay? All right, some of you are beginning to look at me funny. Let me get into this. How do you live the less is more kind of life? How do you live the less is more kind of life? And believe me, when I preach this, I'm preaching to myself, okay? This very week, I had a conversation with a pastor friend of mine, and we were talking about life. And I was asking him to pray about several things that, 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 that I'm working on. Then he says to me, he used to own his own business, and he used to do his thing. Then I say to him, these words came out of my mouth. I said, listen, I don't need a lot in life. I just want to be comfortable. And he says, nah, no, Campbell, nah. I'm like, what? He's like, mm-mm, nah. Bro, you want stuff. I'm like, what do you mean? I say, he says, yeah, you want your M6, don't you? I said, yeah, I want to be. You know, but that's in the grand scheme of things, a BMW M6 is not that bad. You know, he says, yeah, but it's cha-ching. Yeah, you want to live okay, right? Don't you want to build a house one day? I said, yeah. So he's like, don't get it twisted. You, need, you want stuff. The question is, do you need all that stuff? 
And I sat back, I'm like, huh. So yeah. Because in the grand scheme of things, money does not really matter that much. Right? So how do we live the less is more kind of life? Here's number one. Cap back. There ain't no two ways about it. Spend less. The pushback I always get from people is this, when I say spend less. I don't have places where I can cut anymore. So I ask, how many times do you go to Dunkin' Donuts in a week? Ah, every day. I'm like, okay. And when you go to Dunkin' Donuts, do you just get a coffee or do you get something extra? Oh, I get a donut or I get something extra. Okay, how many times do you actually eat out in a week? Oh, I don't eat out that much. I'm like, I'm not talking about you taking out your family. I'm talking about you going out for lunch at work. If you're going to find margin, you got to start looking for places you can cut. We live in America. We are... We spend. The whole American economy is based on spending. We stopped making stuff. We're a consumer economy now. So money in, money out. Money in, money out. Money does not leave you. Money, you send money places. Okay? Money doesn't just walk out of your pocket like, oh my gosh, we're leaving. No. You say to money, money, go to Dunkin' Donuts. Money, go to Walmart. Money, go there. Money, go there. Money, go there. We always send money somewhere. Money doesn't run away from us. It is always sent somewhere. So if you want to create some margin in your life, sit down, look at where you are sending your money. Hmm, right? Listen, every time I get stressed, the best thing I can do for myself is shop. Yeah, I'm, yeah y'all can pray for me. I need Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. I pray to God, God relieve this stress and give me some money so that I can buy something. That's just me, okay? <laughs> Maybe you got out. Hey, don't judge me, right? But my whole thing is this, and God began to challenge me years ago. Because these things that look like therapy can actually be ways that the enemy is actually stealing from your life. I love books. I can buy books every week. I just do. And I read two or three of them at a time. I'm that kind of guy. Amazon is my friend. Amazon, if I own shares in Amazon, I'll be rich. Because <laughs> I buy from Amazon like crazy, Right? But even from Amazon, I started thinking to myself, dude, how much am I spending? Do I really need this book? Do I really need it? So I started cutting back. I'm proud to say I have not bought 100 books this year. I'm down to like 90, you know. <laughs> right? No, but I'm way, way, way down, you know. But my whole thing is where can I cut back? Less is more. Because when you have less, you, less, you have more friends. When you have less, you can hang out with your family. Because you're not chasing money. 
You can actually take in life. Jesus said, I have come to give you life so that you can have it in abundance and actually enjoy it. John 10.10. Right? When you have less, you can actually look for interesting ways to have experiences. I remember my wife and I didn't have money a few months ago, and we went down to just driving around in Calicoon. We found these places we had never been to. I'm like, this is beautiful. Oh, my gosh. And here we just thought we live in Podunk. Look at this. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm just like, oh, man. We live in such a beautiful place. But what forced us to do that? We didn't have money to go out. We didn't. Less, you get creative. All right? All right. Clear out. Some of us have got shirts and pants that we haven't worn for years. And they just hang out in your closet. And here is the lie we tell ourselves. I'm going to need one day. Anybody been there before? <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Hey, yeah, right? And it's not just clothes. It's other stuff. You know, when I want to clean the house, like when I want to throw out stuff, I wait for my wife not to be there. Because if I'm working with my wife to clear out stuff, I won't clear out much. Because my wife always has some sentiment tied to some piece of paper. Right? I was like, oh, honey, this is a card I received from my Sunday school in 2005. I'm like, did you know where it was at? No. Throw it out. Right? We got piles and piles of paper, piles and piles of this and that. I'm like, we got to throw it out. The thing is, we are too sentimental about some stuff. I'm sentimental about some stuff. When we were moving, my wife was like, honey, you need to get rid of some clothes that you haven't worn for some years. Some of this stuff doesn't even fit you. Take it to the Salvation Army. I'm like, honey, I'm going to slim down. <laughs> I'm going to fit. Yeah. <laughs> Right? But again, it's about sentiment. And, I'm, and, and some of the sentiment is just stupid. It's one of the first pants that I bought with my own money. I love those pants. Honey, yes, they were at like a 29 waist. I know I'm not a 29 right now, but believe me, I believe in a God of miracles. I will shrink out put on those pants. Right? Sentimental. But you got to clear out. Throw out some stuff. Give out some stuff. Better still. Don't just accumulate. Challenge yourself. If you're going to buy a new shirt or a new pair of pants, give something out. I had a millionaire friend of mine on Long Island. This guy, I mean, here, not, not these made-up millionaires. No, this guy had dough. This guy had money. You know, the giraffe kind of money. You know the giraffe kind of money? You don't, even, where can, you don't even know where you can buy a giraffe, right? It's that kind of money. These people got money to buy giraffe, right? I swear to you, this guy, I knew his whole closet. I knew today is our board meeting and Bob is going to come dressed in those khaki pants, that worn out shirt, and those, those shoes that are colorful that he loves. The only way you knew that this guy had a bit of money was the car he drove. He drove a Cadillac. That one he didn't compromise. He drove a Cadillac. But I knew his whole world. When I went to his house and I, God is my witness, when I tell you that this area right here, not even that, this area was way too big for his house. 
His kitchen was this wide, right here. It was a galley kitchen. The stove was at the end. You know, the fridge was in the living room. But that's how he lived. And this guy had money. And I asked him, I'm like, Bob, he's like, Campbell, I don't need all that. You know? I'm like, okay. Yeah. But this guy, he had learned to live on less, though he had more. And he was very generous. This is a guy who walked into, my, into, into our church one day and says, Campbell, I was just on my way out to go and see somebody. But here's $20,000 I want you to have for the youth ministry. Just like that. That very morning, he had written another $50,000 check to the Salvation Army. But you wouldn't know it if you met Bob in the street. Because Bob, had, he didn't look like he, he had money. Less is more. Clear out. Life is not measured by how much stuff we have. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't grow up with much. I didn't. And I had a poverty mentality. And here's the poverty mentality I had. I got to get mine. I never had, so I'm going to get whatever I can get that I didn't have. I didn't grow up with it. Oh, some of us are holding on to stuff because we're afraid we might need it one day. Cut back. Clear out. Lastly, Pay off. The biggest, biggest obstacle, I will tell you this, the biggest obstacle to my own financial freedom is debt. It is. And I don't care what, you know, we slice and dice debt into good debt and bad debt. Here's what the Bible says about debt. Anybody who owes any, any, anybody anything is a slave to that person that they owe. Oh, no man, anything but love. This economy operates on debt. We call it credit. Right? You got good credit. That means you can borrow a lot of money when you got good credit. And that lands us into a lot of trouble. Some of us have student loans. Some of us have car loans. Some of us have mortgages. Some of us just have consumer debt. And by consumer debt, I mean you got a store card. You went to Sears to go and buy a pair of jeans, and they somehow convinced you that you needed a credit card to do it. And you got a credit card from Sears. And before you knew it, you were $1,000 in the hole to Sears because they offered you a card because you had good credit. Money is never comfortable to talk about, is it? Especially when you start talking about debt. But if you're going to live on less, you need to be free from debt. I need to be free from debt. I'm looking forward to the day when I will not have debt. And in fact, that's what ticked me off about the car. Because we only had a couple of payments and I was looking forward to a lifetime with that car without payments. That's what I was looking forward to. I was excited. In fact, I had planned this will be my Christmas present to my wife. I'm going to put the, the whole loan thing there. And I'm like, honey, your car's paid. Who's your daddy? <laughs> right? Yeah, but that didn't happen. And I was mad. I'm still mad about it. Can you tell? <laughs> still working through this. Wusa, Wusa Campbell, calm down. Right? I'm still working through this. But debt is one of those things that will kill us. 
And I always tell people, especially when I do marriage counseling and especially when I'm counseling people to get married, I say, listen, don't get into debt. It's that simple, right? Don't get into debt, period. If you can help it, don't. All right? Ah, Because, listen, it's better to have nice stuff that you own than nice stuff that the bank owns. Right? And the richest people are not those that have the most. The richest people are those that have enough resources that they can give to other people. Because your life is too valuable, your calling is too great, your God is too good to waste your life on meaningless things. So my simple message to you this morning is less is more. Less is more. Cut back, clear out, pay off. And in the next couple of weeks, I want, to, I want us to journey together. Okay, as we talk about these things, because some of these things are very, very practical. Here's my challenge for you today. Go home and look at your budget. If you don't have a budget, that's the first place you got to start. And I don't mean in your head. No, I mean as in you've written it down. Like this is how much money comes in. This is where we send the money. Here's our cable bill. Here's our light bill. Here's this. Here's that. You line it up. You got to see how much comes in, how much goes out. If you're going to start creating some margin, then you got to ask yourself, where can we cut back? I didn't realize two people can accumulate so much stuff. But my wife and I, we got a storage unit for crying out loud. We don't even have kids. I'm like, how did we get here? Right? But you gotta, you got to start thinking, where can I cut back? Where can I clear out? What stuff do I need to give to people? Really? Take it to the Salvation Army. Maybe there's a brother or sister in need in here. Give them something. Exercise your faith. And then you got to ask yourself, and we're going to show you this, but how can we begin to pay down stuff? How can we begin to pay off? Because listen, I can tell you, and yes, we're going to talk about it too. We're supposed to give to God. We're going to talk about the right way to give to God. But God also cares not just about the 10% that you bring back to him. God cares about how you handle the other 90%. Because his deal is the other 90% should be enough to take care of your needs and you have a little bit left for you. All right? All right, let's stand up to our feet. 